back uh, with the podcast. I'm your host, Dallas Maxwell, and I'm going to title this one today, You Don't Have to Sacrifice If You Can Become Obedient. Now, I'm going to do it like a Martin Scorsese film, a Godfather film, and start with the end of the month. So that's, that's the last scene of the movie, right? Then we're going to rewind to the beginning. So, I started out my professional career as a barber, and today I talk to what I would say a leader in that industry at that time, kind of like a mentor to me, someone that I aspired to, um, that really actually showed me I could see that it was real. Um, How I got into it was I went through, I don't know if it's typical or not, but that phase between 18 and 21 when you're trying to find yourself or create yourself, whatever it is, if you don't have like a structured path where you went directly to school or something like that, um, it's a growing phase uh, for men. I don't know how it is for women. And during that phase, I dibbled and dabbled in different things, never really focusing on one thing, kind of didn't have any direction. Um, And my mom, who, you know, had the wisdom at the time, essentially gave me an ultimatum and she was like you're either gonna um you know get a real job which i didn't have at the time um get out uh which i didn't want to do that or go to school and get some training and she was like you know why don't you go to school and get your license so you could do hair And, you know, you do that, make some money or whatever until you figure out what you want to do. So I was like, okay, that's going to be my choice. I'm going to do that. Um, I can already do it. I've been cutting hair since I was 10 years old. Um, So I knew how to do it. And I could be independent, um, you know, in terms of working by myself or whatever the case may be for myself, whatever. And so, but starting that out, not knowing anybody in that. I didn't know like how much money I could make or what was even possible. So my man, who I'm going to remain nameless, I'm going to call him Mr. X for right now, because uh, he's not ready to come out. He was one of the main inspirations that made me know that it was real. Um, he was making money. Um, I'll never forget he had a uh, brand new uh, GS3, Reasonable Doubt one. Um, same one Jay-Z had in the Reasonable Doubt video, which was always one of my favorite cars, which I ended up getting. Um, and he inspired me and he did it as a barber and I didn't know any other barber that was, was, was getting it like that. So this was one of my inspirations and I kind of modeled, modeled, uh, modeled my, my thing after what he did. Um, you know, obviously put my own little flair on it. So I'm saying that to set you up for the original conversation. So. When I knew that I was getting out of the um, barber industry, the hair business, um, I owned a salon for years, and I was going to make a lateral move and transition into something else. And, you know, if you've ever done anything or a profession for any length of period of time, and you're in a situation where you're completely changing your whole profession or the way that you, you know, business or whatever the case may be, it could be a a scary thing because it's uncertain. You know what I'm saying? It's like Michael Jordan going and playing baseball. I mean, you know you're an athlete, but it's a different game. So I reached out to him. 
probably like seven, eight years ago. And I'm going to tie it together. The title is, You Don't Have to Sacrifice If You Can Be Obedient. So I called him up and I was like, yo, man, because he's also the only dude that not only was he successful in the uh, barber game, but he got out. He was able to expand it into something else. That's a very grueling uh, physical job that you can use your talent, but after a while, it weighs on your body. Um, and so you got to have a way to m make a move, a lateral move, so that's not the only way that you're generating income, if you want to. Some guys do it for whatever, but he expanded into something bigger, and that was one of the things that I, I um, admired and what I wanted to do because barbering saved my life, and it provided me a way to earn a living, and it also is a springboard and a stepping stone into other things if you want to do other things in terms of relationships and people that you can meet. So I'll always have love for the industry, but I always knew that I wanted to do something more than that. And my man did it. So I called him up and I was like, yo, man, I'm about to, uh, I'm about to, you know, make a move. You know, is there anything you could tell me, you know, to help me, you know, like, like, how did you do it? Right. So now understand that in this mindset at the time, I'm wanting him to like, give me some tactics, right? Give me some steps, right? I'm a, I'm a um, steps guy. I'm a process guy. So I'm thinking to say, all right, what you got to do is you got to make sure I wanted some steps, something to do. See, that's a lot of times like, we think that there's something that we need to be doing, right? And a lot of times, it's more not what we need to be doing, but who we need to be being and how we need to be being. So, boom, he hit me with, well, let me ask you this question. What do you believe in? And at the time, I was like, what do I believe in? I just hear was it Whitney Houston? I believe in miracles. I'm I'm here. I'm like I'm like. What do I believe in? I, it was such a, a a not the direction of an answer that I thought it should be based on what I thought I was asking him. I thought he was gonna give me some steps and tell me what he did right, but he started me in a whole other place that I wasn't even present to. He was so ahead of where I was at. I didn't get it. Until recently, he says. So what do you so what do you believe in? And 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 he just kept going because he knew he, I was stuck. And he went into you know kind of a conversation about faith and no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And at the time, it sounded like religiousy. And at that particular moment, I was uh, having a a struggle with not God or necessarily whether I believed or not, but the way I believed, if that makes sense. It's not what you believe, it's the way you believe it, right? And so I wasn't receptive to that particular angle, nor had I even arrived at that point in my life where I was ready to understand the game that he was trying to give me. You know what I'm saying? It was too much too early. So I got off the phone and see, for me, like, when I collect information, if I can't do anything with it, 
I don't throw it away. I'll put it in a holding pattern, right? So it's like puzzles for me. So everything is a puzzle and then a puzzle is made of pieces and then even those pieces can be puzzles themselves, right? And so when I get little pieces, I'm like, damn, man, why the hell? Is I didn't ask him, man. He said, what do you believe? All right, boom, we put that in. We put that on the shelf, right? So I had it on the shelf for eight years. And like I said, at the time, my resistance to it was like, damn, man, he's going to tell me to believe in Jesus or something. I'm like, I'm like, I'm not in the mood for that. I'm trying to figure out what to do right now, man. So the seed, the seed bounced off me. It was like, boom, he tried to throw a seed. It bounced off me, boom. But I didn't throw, I didn't let it roll into the gutter. I kept it. So then I lived a little. Now, this was eight years ago. So then I lived a little, right? And then I became to know on my own the power of faith and belief. And we can say in God, but I want to preface that um, like this for the people that may not be religious and this part kind of throws them off and they think pie in the sky some guy in the sky pie in the sky no 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 no. think of it like this there's where things come from there's pa- there's the power that where things come from that makes things manifested so if you think of it simply i'm in a contracting business you think of an electrical panel in your basement that's what powers the house it's where the power comes from you can't see power but you feel power and this power is intelligent, right? And it always was, always is. And some people call it God. Some people call it the universe. Some people call it nature. But the principle is the same. And I began to learn the principle through trial and error, uh, through my experience with business, um, being married in my marriage with my children and I just started discovering this principle and I realized that it is perfect and it treats you how you treat it as much as you believe will as much as you receive and in that order you don't get heat until you put wood into the fireplace and it's calculated you know, people say God works in mysterious ways. Ain't nothing mysterious about it. It's just your level of understanding is not fully there yet. It's scientific. And then I started realizing what he meant. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. What do you believe in? He's saying when you work with the Lord, the law, Lord, law, law, when you work with inside the law, obedient to the law, don't break the law, there's no struggle, there's no sacrifice, the Lord, when you're obedient to the Lord, the law, there's no struggle, there's no sacrifice, and the only time we sacrifice, and this is what we talked about, We talked about the ego versus our higher self and um, letting go and um, letting go and being obedient and, 
you know, the struggle that I had with that concept of obedience is arrogance, ego, my man's side. I'm going to just keep it 100. You know what I'm saying? Thinking that I'm smart enough to figure everything out. So you just need to know the what. You don't need to know the how. But my mechanical engineer brain that wants to build stuff and design stuff, I get deep off in the how, and I didn't realize that that ain't none of my business. I mean, it's cute. You could want to know and be like, oh, that's cool. Let's see how that works. But that ain't really your part of it. Your part of it is to believe in the process, to believe in the law, to believe in the Lord, to believe in the process. And your relationship to that will determine the power that you can access. And that's what he already knew, but I wasn't there, which is why I went over my head. I put it on the holding pad. I'm like, I'm going to double back to that once I get some more uh, wisdom out here, once I collect more context for my, you know, through my experiences in life. Um, and we talked about the ego and resistance. So this was what my resistance to it was, right? I thought I knew best. I thought I knew more than the Lord, the creator that created us, the process by which we came that meticulously designed a purpose into every living thing. I thought I knew more than that. Ego, flesh. And I was like, how could there be something, a consciousness, an awareness, a power that knows more than I know about who I want to be or what I want. Now, here's the kicker. Here's the funny part about man. This is what this is what's hilarious about us. All the while struggling and looking for answers. But having a, a, an opinion or, or a view on how I think the answer should be. So, so picture a dude asking a question because he needs answers. But not liking the answers because they're not what he wants to hear. Which means he ain't really looking for answers. And so this is what I had to wrestle with myself, right? And the ego of it, I didn't want to let go. I mean, honestly, you know what? If I'm keeping it 100, I think I probably had like kind of more like a chip on my shoulder. I don't know what it is about people that makes them want to do things on their own. I know for me, maybe it's distrust. Um... I don't know, maybe it's proven to people uh, that you're good enough or that you can do it. I'm not sure all the way, all the ingredients that are in the motivational potion for why we do what we do or why I did what I did. But whatever it was at the time, it didn't allow me to see that there was a deeper purpose, a deeper meaning that transcended my own immediate needs. Now, here's the killer part about it. Here's the part you're going to hate, right? Or at least how I thought. I thought that I would be giving up something that I would want or that I would enjoy if I went with the senior partner's route. If I went with the force, the Lord, the law, if I went with it, I'm like, then I might have to let go of the steering wheel. And the ego wants to control things, right? The ego wants to control things. It's not trusting because the ego is alive. It's its own entity. And the number one rule in nature is self-preservation. So the ego 
has its own agenda outside of you, even though it's a part of you. This is man's lower self. And that dude used to run most of the show. So it was hard for me to be obedient, which is why I had to sacrifice. You only have to sacrifice when you're not obedient. And for me, I would rather, and I don't know if this was consciously or subconsciously, I would rather sacrifice my mom. My mom used to always say, don't bite your nose to spite your face, which I'm like, well, what the hell did I do? Why would I bite me? What are you talking about? But you hear that over and over and over again. It's don't sacrifice something that's more valuable for something that's less valuable because of lack of awareness or bullheadedness or stubbornness. That's one of them, them little sayings that wears on you and then you, you, you finally get it and that's what it is. I was like, I wanted to be in control but I didn't like the results that I was getting but I didn't want to give up control. I wanted to do the same thing and get a different result. I wanted to be insane because I didn't want to let go. I didn't want to have faith. I didn't want to believe. I didn't want to submit. I didn't want to be obedient. I wanted to be in control. The ego was in the cockpit. The ego was in the driver's seat. I was tied up in the back of the plane. And then I got loose. And I started to understand what he was saying. And so today, when I called him, because one of the things that I'm going to do on this podcast, like I'm going to do stuff like this where if I have ideas or concepts, just like when I do my videos, I want to talk about it. If I feel like it can add to the conversation, people benefit from it. But I do plan on interviewing a lot of people. Um, I got some people on my list, people that I admire in different capacities. Um, and he was on the list. So the initial call was to ask him to be on the podcast. And I haven't talked to this dude in seven years. So in having that conversation, we got to talking or whatever. And that's how this came about. And I was letting him know basically what I'm telling y'all is that at first when he said, you know, what do you believe in? I wasn't ready for it. You know what I'm saying? I was like hip hop when Rakim came out. I wasn't ready for it. I still wanted to go to hip hop, the hip hop. I wasn't ready for it. It was too advanced. And um, I told him that, but I said I came full circle. Nas said something in the Street Dreams uh, song. He said, one thing I find incredible is everything I learned. See, I already knew. So he's basically saying he was coming back to what he already knew, but with a different level of awareness, a different level of consciousness. So the understanding is in you. But you got to peel back the layers of awareness and consciousness to tap into that thing like an onion. So, boom. I told him, I was like, yo, man. I was like, a couple of things that you did ingrained in my mind. And it, I modeled, you know, I, I, t I was just wanted to basically just give him his flowers while he was here. Like, yo, man, like like what you did impacted me, man. When you throw that rock in the pond, you never know how far them ripples travel, man. And like like that influence, you know, touched me. And I was like, you know, you said something. I told him, I said, you said something to me, man. And it went over my head and I was going to keep it moving. And he was like, yo, he's like, well, what, what did I say? I said, man, 
when I told you and I was about to switch my limp up and cross over, I was like, you know, I was asking you for some advice on what I should do or how I should do it. And I was expecting, you know, some tactical advice. And then you hit me with the, uh, <laughs> hit me with the little African emoji dude to lean to the side and was like, well, what do you believe in? And I wasn't ready for it. And he started laughing. He started laughing. So boom, I'm going, I'm like, and so I lived a little and I started understanding what, what you were saying about faith. And then we just got into this conversation and up being like an hour and a half, just hitting the ball back and forth. Boom, 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 boom. Unpacking and unpacking it. And towards the end, what's up? And towards the end, um, he said, it's about obedience. And he was talking about him not being obedient. And him thinking it was all about him. That's a wild bug over there. Him thinking it was all about him and not wanting to be obedient and why you had to sacrifice. See, because we think it's like, it's about the grind and we got to be giving up something and we got to sacrifice. You don't got to sacrifice nothing. If you're obedient to the Lord, if you're obedient to the law. Now, what that doesn't mean is that you won't have to labor. Yes, labor is a part of the process. Seed and deed is always going to be the formula. You're going to have to kick that deed off. It ain't just about that seed and just ain't about believing. So there's a labor part of it, but you don't require you to sacrifice. Sacrifice suggests that you're giving up something of value. And not in the way that we understand sacrifice. So, boom, he was like, when you're obedient, you don't have to sacrifice. And I was like, Phew. now you got to understand, before my mind wouldn't have been right for that particular game because I wouldn't have understand the context of obedience. Like the context of obedience. It's not just laying down and being a slave. It is following the protocol. It is obeying the law, obeying the Lord. It's running your route and being where the ball's going to be at, running your route, sticking to the script, staying in your lane, following the steps. That's what obedience is. And 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 and, and so like, you know, that's a part of what I what, what I want to do is like translate this message like, you know, like connect the dots, you know, if you can see the dots and you can number the dots and you can connect the dots, you can see the picture that is your life. And I think what happens is like people get caught up in vernacular words or associations, religion, uh, 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 Christianity, um, um, whatever the, the, the word is, obedience. And these words have meanings to us, but sometimes we miss our mail because we're judging the mailman's outfit. And so what I want to encourage people to do is get your mail no matter what form it comes in. And that's why I use analogies and parables because I want to speak in a way so people can understand the concept. It don't matter what we call it. Get the message. Get your mail. And so the mail was is that when you're obedient to the Lord, when you're obedient to the law and you follow the law, there will be no sacrifice. It will be simple. Not easy, but simple. No sacrifice, but there will be labor. So that's what it is. 
the takeaway, the breakdown, the footnote is that if you understand obedience and learn the Lord, learn the law, learn the process, be obedient to the process, there'll be no sacrifice. And the only reason why you won't be obedient to the process, to the Lord, to the law, is because your ego is still more powerful than your higher self, your God self, your made in the image self. So demote the ego um, and be obedient to the law, to the Lord. And if you follow the steps and you use the recipe, the outcome is no chance. It's a matter of certainty. There's no sacrifice when we're obedient. And I mean, I'm going to end on that. There's so much more to say um, from the meeting and, 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 and I'm going to interview him. And I'm going to bring him out in a year. He'll make his debut. But I had to share the jewel that I collected from that conversation. And, and I'm still unpacking it. Like, this is fresh on my mind. But I'm still unpacking what does obedience really look like. You know, really, what does submission to the law, to the Lord, really look like? I mean, you can fire the whole worry department. You can fire the whole uncertainty department. You can fire the whole panic department. Like, you can fire a lot of departments in your mind if you can grasp this obedience to the Lord, obedience to the law. However your processor works, standard, metric, Espanol, French, whatever. Get your mail. Don't look at the outfit. Um, you can hop in a warp zone. And it's not a shortcut. It's just the most direct route. We're just accustomed to the long route. If we become obedient, there will be no more sacrifice. And that's what I got. If you like this, you got some value, you like the little ride we went on, uh, share, tell a friend about the podcast. On that note, I appreciate y'all. I'm outro.